Hey guys, welcome back to You Chat Too Much. This is episode seven and an exciting one because we're all in the same room. We're not on Zoom, we've got one microphone in the center and we've got another special guest today, Aoife. Welcome Aoife. Oh, that was my intro. Yeah, that was your intro. Oh. <laughs> well, hi everyone. Um, yeah, I'm Aoife. I know Joe and Madge from school. We worked together in the same department. This is now our second year, which is crazy. I can't believe it's been a year already. Um, and thanks for having me on, lads. Can we, uh, can we talk about your accent? Can I sort it out, please? My yeah. really why, why are you doing Essex it, accent. Why are you doing it really posh for? <laughs> no way. Yeah, you are. I'm not being yeah, you posh. Are. <laughs> Well, change it will change by the She's end. She's already changed already. Look at her. She's got <laughs> a little bit, little bit of limelight. She changed the accent already. No way. That's what, just got to be nice with the introduction. Yeah. It's like a phone voice. Listen, then... I've got a northern voice, man. Northern accent is not going to help. Well, I sound posh compared to you, yeah. Ben. Of course. And you, Joe, <laughs> Joe I'm pointing to. <laughs> so, um, today, this, like I said, this is our first one where we've all been in the same room together, which is really exciting. Um, Madge, things have changed and progressed positively. We said we wouldn't talk about lockdown last week because we were still in the hotel room and, and you were still in your house. Yeah. Um, but things have changed now and obviously people are about. We start some form of school tomorrow or the following day. Um, how's your week been? Yeah, been alright. Been, again, holidays. I can't believe I spent six weeks doing nothing and hardly seen anyone. But then Joe came out of quarantine and I think that was the first time I've seen someone outside of my family uh, in six weeks. Um, a little ray of sunshine. Uh, it was better than it was. <laughs> yeah, that was really enthusiastic. It was better than nothing, wasn't it? Um, and then, like, obviously the government said that they were going to make some separate rules for the fully vaccinated and that was quite, kind of disappointing. It didn't really make any difference to us. Uh, but then on Sunday they did make another announcement to say that a lot more places are open, like the malls and other shops, mm -hmm. which does make a difference, but we're back at work tomorrow, so <laughs> can't really do anything. How about you? Um, yeah, it's been great to be to be out in the real world. Um, we've moved into a, a new house, so just been trying to organise that and um, get things back to back to being organised. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to our our first podcast, live podcast. Yeah, so today we're going to try to talk about religion. It's uh, one of those topics that we are very careful with what we're going to say, right? Or we're trying, we're not, we're not going to be careful with what we say, but it's something that we do have to think about, like the other topics when we talked about like religion and stuff. Um, so let's start with Aoife. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to kind of just explain to us or share your story of your earliest memory of religion? Like how did you grow up? How did religion affect you early on in yeah. life? Um, so I've been brought up in an Irish household. Uh, so I think my story is quite similar to a lot of Irish people in the terms that it's just completely embedded in everyday life. Whether you, you don't consciously recognise that it is, but it's just always there. Um, and yet being um, in an Irish household as well, I think you just see it everywhere. We've got like Mary... Statues of Mary, we've got, you know, like Irish prayers and things like that all over the house. And I think when I went back this summer, that's when I kind of realised it as well. I was like, wow, we actually have like, you know, Mary in the living room, you know, things like that, you know. 
um, which you don't realise when you're living it and see it every day. Even um, though we work at a Christian school. Yeah, but you don't. It's not in your. It's not. Yeah, like yeah. it's just a picture of a brother, and I don't yeah. really know who he is. <laughs> so there's just men's faces on walls. Yeah. Stuff, but if you know, when I was at school, and the schools I've taught in in London, there was a crucifix in every single room. Mm. Um, so that, on that sense, is kind of different. Yeah, there's brothers everywhere, but you know. Um, yeah, so then primary school, secondary school, both Catholic schools. My high school was at All Girls Convent School. Um, the nuns actually lived next door, so they weren't like teachers anymore. Um, and then when I started uh, teaching, both of my schools were Catholic schools. So I've been to two schools in London, they're both a Catholic Academy and then another All Girls Catholic school. So I've not really taught outside. So, I, I don't even know Catholic that. So then you've basically been in a Christian school, even now in the Christian school. So basically, yeah. is that something that you've like done on purpose? Yeah. 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 So when I was coming out here, um, I was very conscious. I wanted sort of some sort of, it didn't necessarily have to be a faith school, although that mm. would have been mm. ideal. I just wanted something that was centered around, you know, making better people and more of like a holistic approach rather than it being just about grades and look at our performance. I wanted it to be aligned with like religious or f beliefs, yeah. but not, it didn't have to be, uh, this is like a Catholic school, this is a Christian school. Um, but it was something that I was really um, looking for. And then when I saw the name of school, I was like, boom, that's the one, that's yeah. it. Um, so I, it was something I did look at, um, definitely. And then I think my parents were quite happy. They, they felt a bit of a comfort as yeah. well, knowing that I was going into a school that kind of, wasn't completely new to me. It's the only way they're going to let you leave UK. It's <laughs> a condition. Well, they knew I was going to leave. But they were like, oh, that feels that feels actually quite nice for you. Like, we're happy with that. Um, and they can also connect with the school with things that we're doing. Even though they're thousands of miles away, yeah. they have some sort of idea of what it's like because yeah. they know it themselves. Um, I think the faith schools as well, like, um, to put into context, they are still a relevant... Uh, and from a UK standpoint, irrelevant of whether you are religious or not, whether you've been baptised or not, Catholic schools, especially in, in Norfolk, where I'm from, are like bigger and bigger than ever, oversubscribed, mm. yeah. than, you know, than the standard state schools, academies, or even private schools. Yeah, it's and it's for the same reason that Aoife says, it's because parents see them as just being like, a really safe school, a really comforting school, like community-based, um, you know, all those things that I think as parents you probably look for in a school that they're not just going to be like, you know, um, pushed in their robots, get the best grades and leave, but they're going to do all the other things like community events and service and I think that's a big part of it and, and like you said, holistic, from a holistic sense as well, I think that's, that's why people do it. Yeah, it's, uh, when I think about it, when I reflect back, I think I've never actually been outside of Catholic or Christian education ever. Mm. The only time I was, was for about three months when I did my first placement, my PGCE, and it was a great school, but I was very aware that it was very different. Yeah. Um, even, it was just a, you know, normal state school, um, mixed, you know, but I was like, wow, this, they do things actually very different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of an eye-opening experience for me, and I was like, yeah, I need to be in Catholic education. So this is what I know, and then I can, I can add to it rather than just mm -hmm. being a teacher. I can actually, you know, give back to the community and things like that because I know it myself. Um, but yeah, things like 
I know <laughs> Joe's probably got a similar experience, but being going to church every Sunday and being an altar server, I absolutely loved to do like being an yeah, altar server. I, did. I yeah. loved it. Being on like you just know, a, it's just a responsibility, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Did you ever white? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love and, that. And I got a medal. Got what, what did you have to do? You, there's usually quite a group of you. Yeah. Someone holds the crucifix as you walk out, someone holds the candles and then um, behind the crucifix, and then the rest of you kind of file in after, and then the priest is behind all the altar servers. Yeah. And then you just do little things on the altar, like uh, bringing up the book. Um, well, it's part, part of the service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, okay. you bring up the things for like the offertory we put on the um, altar and things like that. It's just kind of, you're just at mass, but you know, beside the priest, like, on the altar. Yeah. And you kind of see the whole congregation looking at you, and it's like, Ooh. Oh, you want to be on the big yeah. stage. Yeah, yeah, it was nice, actually. And, you know, yeah, doing think, my friends as well. Yeah, I think for me, that that was a part of it, was like, I, it was basically me doing it with friends. Mm. And then I think as I got older, then I also became more responsible. So I was, like, telling them the younger ones, like, what to do and mm. telling them where to go. And for me, I think it gave me something to do and keep me engaged rather than just sitting and watching or sitting and listening. I was like in and out, yeah. back at, you know, off the back of the altar, I'd have to get something and come back. And it, yeah, I suppose it's a sense of responsibility. Yeah, I quite enjoy that actually. Um, and then just other things, um, when I was thinking about these questions for this podcast, I was thinking back about my teenagers, especially in high school. Um, I did a lot. I went to Lourdes twice. Um, Lourdes is a holy place um, where Mary appeared to Bernadette, and then that's why there's holy water there because she started digging and it heals people, things like that. Um, so I went twice, and it was one of the best two weeks I've ever had as that? a kid. So it's in France, south oh, of France. Good. And um, there was, with the youth society where I was from, there was probably about 50, 60 kids. Um, all the same age and we all went and we used to push up the old people from the mm-hmm. diocese around in wheelchairs because they couldn't walk and they wanted to go to Lourdes to, mm. you know, have a miracle. Um, and that was so much fun. But it was really intense, you know, waking up really early. We would do um, pray before we went out. We'd do all of the masses because we had to go to all of the masses to bring the old people around. Mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't call them old people. Uh, what should I call them? Yeah, <laughs> they were. You already said they're on wheelchairs. <laughs> old people in wheelchairs. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that was so much fun, and I actually spent both of my birthdays there at both years. Yeah. Um, which yeah, another with thing. the old people. With the old people, I mean, they were tucked in in bed when we were doing <laughs> that stuff. Um, so that was really, really fun, um, and it was very intense actually. The fact that we were in laws all week, going to mass maybe three times a day, but it was so much fun. Um, yeah, thinking back now, I think wow, not many people. Have did done you do? That. Did you like? I know with Christianity, I don't know. Like if yours experience is similar, but a lot of the stuffs in church. Is there anything that you do at home that's that's religious? Um, Are the prayers, daily prayers there? Is it is it just more the Sunday service and then anything that you do with the church in terms of community? Yeah, I think at home, definitely when you're younger, um, like you would say prayers with your mum if you at night, you know, and there would be like a rhyme or a song, you know, um, but otherwise. It was kind of up to you, really, how you practice then. Um, but it was definitely Sunday evening or um, sorry, Saturday evening or Sunday morning that you would go to church. Mm-hmm. And I think because I was in a Catholic school, I guess I was yeah, doing, yeah. I was praying every day anyway. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, there's always different like services and doing RE and things like that. But I guess it made it every day. Um, but yeah, interesting actually, nothing specific that you had to do at home. No. Unless you wanted to. No, I'd, I'd probably say that, that in a sense is the difference between um, Islam or Catholicism and Christianity or, you know, um, you know, Church of England, everything above is, is, yeah, generally speaking, there's not loads that you do at home. Mm. Or there's not really ever an expectation. Some people might, and like you said, you might have like religious icons around your house. Yeah. Um, and maybe some generations might have, you know, given a little prayer to that icon of Mary. Or like say Bell, grace. Or say grace. Yeah. But, you know, again, a lot of those things are modernised as well, aren't they? Like, saying grace is just like saying thanks for the food, yeah. rather than, like, an actual prayer. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, obviously with Islam, there is that expectation that it's prayer five times a day. Yeah. And without that, then it's not like you're fulfilling what you're supposed to be doing, as it were. There isn't really anything like that. I mean, I suppose the only aspects which would be similar to things like with the rosary beads yeah, and the Hail Marys. You know, there's actually one thing in Ireland, it's called the Angelus, and it comes, it's at 11 o'clock, and I haven't heard it for years now, so I've been back to Ireland in a long time, but it plays on the TV, like the church bells will go, and they'll play uh, like a montage of like, um, like cathedrals and landmarks and things, and you're meant to stop in, during that time when it's on the TV or on the radio, and then you meant everyone stops and you just pray. And when I was young, I was like, what is going on? I didn't understand because I grew up in England. So that side, I knew it happened because you know, every summer I'd be at home. But everyone just stopped and prayed. And I sit there like, mm, I didn't. For like it, a minute? Yeah. But it, like at 11 o'clock. Mm. And it, literally people would just stop in the mm. house. There'd be like 20 cousins. You just stop and like. They do similar, like, similar here when they call a prayer. Only, I've only ever seen it in Malaysia, but when we play football, uh, mm -hmm. when the call of prayer comes, we have to stop playing football, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Even I realise it's not war break, you know. It's, it's no, but we did, in, <laughs> we did in Egypt, though, for certain things as well. I, remember I, don't, in, I don't remember happening in Egypt. I remember in Egypt, uh, when we were both there, it was there would be certain times, and if you were at certain events where, obviously, if it crossed over the call for prayer, you would just pause mm. um, and, and just hear it out. Because the call for prayer is only a, a minute or two yeah, of yeah. that type thing, and then you can get on um, with the next part. How about you, Joe? What's different? Is there anything, di um, big differences with your... your I mean, movement? there's not loads of difference. Um, I grew up in, in a, you know, I'd say a religious household that we all went to, we went to church every Sunday. Um, I mean, I'm not too sure whether the Irish influence was as strong. I mean, my dad's Irish, um, but from a, a religious point of view, my mum also went to church and, you know, my grandma would always go to church. Um, similar to Aoife, you know, I baptised, first communion, confirmation. Yeah. Uh, I was an altar server up until about 15, 16. I suppose where I kind of started to move away from going to church was around that time when sport was becoming more and more. I mean, I, I always remember this this one time, that this is like a, we joke about this when we talk about sport and going to academies and things like that, but I always remember um, Norwich City Academy, they came when, when I was like maybe 11 or 12, I remember them coming to one of our local Mulbarton town games 
And there was a group of us who were then uh, asked to go and go and join like a, an academy or join, you know, but it always happened on a Sunday. And my mum and dad were like, oh, sorry, we've got commitments on Sunday. And it wasn't like, a, no, he is religious. He has to go to church. But it was just like, we've got a commitment. And at the time, like I just, that was what I did on a Sunday. Um, I went to church and uh, had loads and loads of friends at church and lots of like family friends as well. And like I said, I was committed to be being an MC and uh, an altar server. But like, I think then when I started to get older, more and more friends were putting pressure on, oh, come on, let's play sport. I was like, actually that at the time then was more important to me. Do it have to always be Sunday morning or? Well, that was the thing, most, like most football because always was no, Sundays. I mean, yeah, and then would you definitely always have to go to church on Sunday morning? Well, then that was the other thing is like, there were other yeah there were other times that you could go um, and I think this is also then you know I don't want to kind of speak on behalf of my parents but part of and you might agree with this part of going to church isn't about going to church saying your prayers and singing oh, yeah. your hymns it's about the community it's about seeing your friends it's about seeing the 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 town or the village or whoever so you go on a Sunday morning because that's when everyone's there. Yes, you can go up the 5.30 one, but at the 5.30 slot, there might only be half the um, half of the people there, and it's just like maybe a few of the old people that just go in the afternoon that don't want the hustle and bustle of kids being there. Mm. So, yes, they might still go in an evening, but they would prefer to go in the morning, yeah. and that's when all the families do. My mum was in charge of the communion classes. My dad was a reader. So, you know, it's all these things that you're, you're embedded in the church. So when did you stop going to church? Pro so? Probably like 15, 16, um, started to reduce going, um, just down to the fact I was playing loads more sports. And then really after that, I, I haven't really been back to church apart from big occasions like funerals, <laughs> <laughs> baptisms, um, Christmas once in a yeah, while, if you're back like, for Christmas, you know what I mean? yeah. and that and that for me, I don't know. I'm still kind of getting my head around whether I'm that bothered about it or not. Mm. Um, but for me, at the minute, how about you, Eva? When did you okay. have you stopped going, or have you? When um, did you stop? Are you still going? Well, when I was in terms of the whole Sunday morning thing, I think we moved away from our original church. We moved to a different area, and then um, when I wanted my made friends in high school and things like that, I. We went to mass on a Sunday evening. Uh, sorry, Saturday evening. Okay. And then I then they would drop me from church, drop me to my friend's house, <laughs> and then if we slept over or whatever, then I want I'm not going to miss mass because yeah. I did it on Saturday evening. So I think there was that like, and I think that really helped me. It was this, yeah. I still it wasn't then a, a battle between like going to church and like seeing friends. Yeah. But um, now I. If I'm ever at home, like with my parents, I will always go to Mass. Um, here, no. Um, I think when I went to uni as well, I didn't go mm. go to church. And then living in London, away from home, obviously I didn't then. But I don't think that it disconnected me from how I feel about my faith and my religion. It just, I just wasn't going to church. Yeah. Um, I still would feel like I like I'd practice, like I would pray if I felt the need to or um, 
you know, I was never distant away from it or think, oh, I'm not, I'm not, that's not me anymore. It was just, I wasn't going to that one building. It didn't really change anything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was home, you know, definitely would go. In Ireland, I'd always go. Christmas, Easter, um, would definitely always go. My dad actually, this year, for his birthday, he was like, I want everyone to come to Sunday Mass. <laughs> I was like, I can do that. You've got presents as well. But, you know, um, and that was something that was really important to him. My brother as well came. Um, yeah. So the four of us were all in I, Mass together, and that was this year. Yeah, I feel like for parents as well, they love when we come home and they get all the family there. Yeah, so like, I remember it's like, like a show-off, like look is. at all my adult children. And then they get to, <laughs> they get to then say like, oh, well, Aoife's in Malaysia, yeah. Aoife's in Malaysia right now, and like yeah. your brother and uh, like... like, oh, I've not seen you since you were four. Wow, yeah. you've grown so big. It's like, well, 28 now. So, Madge, obviously you're coming from a different standpoint regarding religion, but I, I reckon there's probably still a lot of similarities with certain aspects of it. So tell us a little bit. About yeah, I didn't, I didn't realise that your guys had that much of a religious upbringing, but I thought it was, for me, it's very similar as well. Um, religion's been part, a big part of my life all the way through my life, to be honest, um, but there's been parts when I've dipped in and out of it. Uh, but when I was younger, we we don't have well we have Friday prayers, which is like similar to like what you guys do on a Sunday. But we pray five times a day as well, mm. and the if you can do it at the mosque, it's better. Mm. There's that community aspect as well, but there's more blessings of doing it in a in a big group rather than by yourself. But you do have the flexibility of doing it at home. Yeah. Um, so one of the things we had to do was I can't remember. I think maybe like from the age of four or five. I don't know how young I was. I don't really remember when I started. But we went to a mosque class after school every day, Monday to Friday, so mm-hmm. five till seven. And my granddad used to run that class. So he's the one who actually taught me how to read the Quran. And the Quran's in Arabic, so it's not in and so it's not in my language or any language that I know. So you have to learn the basics and then you then the whole point is you, you, you try to become fluent in it in the sense that you can read it like you read in English. Mm. So I think I first finished reading the full Quran by the age of seven. And then, it's so cool, oh, in a different I, language as well. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's quite common, but I mean, that might be a little bit quick. But because I started earlier, um, you top of your class. I don't know, mate. Oh yeah, it's granddad was doing it. You hope so. <laughs> know, granddad used to beat me, man. Don't worry about that. We never he used to get special treatment. Um, yeah, and then I think after that, after the ages, so the first time you finish it, you kind of try to read it maybe two, three times. It's died like so on. Yeah, your grand, my granddad sits with you and then picks out the mistakes and then. Obviously, the second time or the third time, you're pretty much really mm. quick into it. And then after that, we went into, a, a, it's called hifs. So it's like the memorization of the Quran. So the memori- if you try to memorize the Quran, that's like the more advanced. You get more blessings later, that you, you have more blessings in learning the Quran uh, off, by heart. off by heart. But I went into that class and I, I, I learned, I think, over a third of it by wow. the age of like, 15 and it was 14, 15 when I left. But to be honest, were you still going every day? At that yeah, point? Every day, yeah. But it was really frustrating at that time because I, I really wanted to play sports after school and I started Thai boxing at the age of 13. I started playing cricket around the same time, football with friends. So I didn't really get into sp- team sports until 15, 16 because of, 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 of the evening classes. I couldn't do, go, go to any training. Yeah. Um, and it was only, and I, and the thing is, you just never ask your parents because your parents are like, shut up, man, you're not, don't ask me silly questions like that. <laughs> yeah. But um, 
I also think that it was it was for them that it's a way for keep me off the streets, especially with the area that I lived in. It, like this is common for everyone like around my age, that generation. Everyone went to some sort of mosque. Yeah. So it kept you off the streets. You know, basically I came home at like four, quarter past four, quickly get changed, had a quick snack, walk twenty minutes to the mosques, get there by five, finish by seven, get home by half seven, what time do you have left? You know? Yeah. So in the summers it was fine you play football after that, after that have some dinner and play football but yeah I think it was a way for them it was like that extra childcare or extra way of just keeping yeah. me uh, a little bit more disciplined but to be honest with you it, it, it was pointless after a certain age because I did the memorization I was up good to a certain point but you to, for you to memorize it you have to be constantly on it like you have to spend time outside the mosque learning it because it's memorization mm-hmm. right you're learning the current stuff you have to remember the previous stuff um, so like my, a few of my friends have learned the whole Quran, but they've spent time and effort into it, and I didn't want to do that. And that was that was quite apparent. And and it got to a stage I think I can't remember. I remember having a conversation with my mum and dad and saying I want to leave, and it was like a very awkward conversation. And my mum was dead against it. I think my dad was more for it because I started playing cricket for his for his cricket team, like his <laughs> adult adult cricket team. Like I was playing like so 14, 15. That, so they yeah. needed me. So like. And it started off like once a week, I started going Thai boxing. My mum allowed me to go once in the week, during the week, because the classes were then. And then, then I started playing cricket. And then like two, three days I was of the week, I was playing sports. Mm. And then basically I asked, and then they said, yeah, you can go, but you have to go to these extra classes, which I never did in the end. So you were asking to basically leave the classes, not to leave like the actual religion. No, no, yeah. The thing is, you still pray and yeah. stuff like that. My mum would always, on my case, every single yeah. day, up, even up until now if I was at home, yeah. she'd be like, it's prayer time, go and pray. Yeah, like, yeah. She was always on my case. And the thing is, it's the fear, right? They they want, they obviously they believe that by praying and all these things that you're going to do is going to take you to heaven. It's that fear that they're basically, and it's also their thinking and understanding that that's their duty, like to make sure that the kids mm-hmm. are going, are going yeah, into yeah. Towards the right direction. So it always felt forced. Even those mosque classes, like looking back at it now, I wish they were a little bit more about learning about the religion itself. Yeah. But even that, the generation then, they didn't really know much about the religion. It was more like set, uh, sent down and you just told the next generation. But right now, it's a lot more methodical, a lot more you know, ed- education. So it's a lot better now. And even now, the kids go less now than they used to. I think they yeah. go on the weekend now. I'm not really Is it the sure. same for girls as well? Yeah, girls and just different classes. Different classes, yeah. yeah. But it's it's uh, they yeah not really in the mosques, but they'd be in different uh, spaces for them. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's similar, similar for them. That's 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 really my experience. Like, um, that's what I had to do on, a, on Monday to Friday, and then um, pray every day. To be what, honest, what I didn't really, I didn't really pray all the time. But obviously, sometimes I was outside the house. But when I was at home, my mum told me, and I'd, I'd do it. But yeah. Sometimes you used to sit on the bed, you know. <laughs> what, what do you think would have been different if you hadn't have done those classes every day? I mean, don't maybe don't just sit here and say, "Oh well, I probably would have been a professional cricket player." I was just like, going to no. say that. <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have been a professional. But what athlete. do you think would have been different? Even as well, maybe not with like some of your um, choices in sport or anything, but like you as a person, you as an individual. I don't think there was. I think up to a point, if I be honest with you, like I got to probably like start a secondary school. And mosque had no benefit on me. It was just a case of going there because my mum made me go there. Yeah, it had no benefit on me. I didn't want to do it 
Uh, did I, you have friends? Did you yeah, have yeah, yeah. All my friends I grew up with, we all we all had to do the same thing. Yeah. It was not like any different. But even then in the class, you're reading the Quran, you're not really having a chat yet. Mm. It was more after the class, like, you go, let's go play football. That, that was the best bit out of it. But to be honest, it had no benefit to me then. And this, like, it's like my regret, but it's not something I could do. But it would have mean it would have meant that I would have had organised sport and coached, got coached. Because mm-hmm. yes. a lot of my sports are self-taught. Like, I've never really played for a team. I think it's the nice first time I've... <laughs> he's had coaching and that's not as well as well um i would say though on that is that i would agree that um and you i reckon you'll probably be the same as i was an altar server to give me something to do during church and to then hang out in a sense with friends while in church yeah but and i was always thinking about after church and even I, I vividly remember like the village hall coffee morning coffee and we Faith. would like play in the corridor playing football and there was like you know i would always bring like a small ball or a sponge ball or something that was just always part of it and my parents loved that yeah because that made me go to church and that's just part of it as well isn't it so much of religion is just about community isn't it yeah that, once that, you find your people you're one of one of the things i've said this before about the area that i live in we have so many different races there right so many different ethnicities and the, but the one common thing is the religion mm-hmm. right so we we are friends with everyone and because there's so many mosques and if i like now go back home right i just go to a mosque and see like 50 percent of my friends there like, it's easy <laughs> just to do that you know, I'll go on a Friday prayer and I'll just see everyone there. That's or kids, uh, people who I've grown up with. Yeah. Um, I'll see most of them there. Um, and you, I don't think you can say the same for... Church. Yeah, I think as you get older, but people people still like... And, and so then most of my friends, most most of my friends... And that's that's the best thing I think about it, that religion, that it, it's brought the community. But on the other hand, it's made, it's made them... I feel that place has become judgmental because... I lived in Egypt, lived in Malaysia, two Islamic countries, or Muslim countries, as I say. It's more stricter where I live than it has been in any other country. So, not so much now, but in the generation I grew up with, like, you wouldn't see a Muslim woman without a scarf on her head. Imagine mm. that's England. Mm. And if there was, you would hear the whispers around the, the women and the families, like, have you seen that woman? She's wearing, look at her, getting a bit do, loose. And do you so. think it was yeah, yeah, yeah. because uh, they, weren't, they were away from... Uh, where they grew up, whatever but they the, wanted but to this, focus on it more. But this is the other thing: is when I was growing up, there was a lot of crossover between religion and culture. So a lot of the culture, mm. the Pakistani culture, wherever Bengali culture, they, the women wear scarves anyway, mm-hmm. right? But they wouldn't wear it to cover their head, but they wear it maybe just on top of their head or maybe around the necks. So there was a lot of stuff that was culture and religion, and they just mixed into one. So as I've grown up, I've been able to separate those two now, mm-hmm. and that's what's happened now with the generation. Our generation has grown up because they've got, got educated. They've been able to like pull information and say, "Oh, this is culture. This is now religion. We now can differentiate between the two. So that's mm-hmm. been like the the biggest difference. But yeah, I definitely agree the community aspect. It's probably, I love I love the community aspect of it. Yeah. So with you, Eva, how I know you mentioned it a little bit, but how do you class yourself as religious now? How does that affect you and like, your day-to-day stuff? Yeah, I would class myself as religious. Um, and I think I pro- always will. I think it's also um, part of... I feel like I would say yeah, I'm Irish. And then at the same breath, I would say like I'm Catholic. I don't know, it's just kind of who I am, I guess. 
Um, and when I was, I saw this question and I thought, well, I've never actually had to, no one's really asked me if I was religious before because... Oh, this is what we do on this yeah, podcast. Well, yes, <laughs> you ask questions. But when I was thinking about it, I was like, I've never not been in an environment where people already know that I am Catholic or um, religious because of the, yeah, there is a stereotype, obviously, of Irish people, you're, you're all Catholic or Christian. Um, so then that sort of, the two things sort of led together. And then obviously, as I mentioned before, being in, working in religious schools. Um, so I've never had to actually say, yes, I am religious. It's kind of a weird But when you thing. say you're religious, do you, is that like, I believe in God, I believe in the Christian values? Or are there, like, for you to be religious, do you believe there needs to be action as well? I think everyone's faith is completely personal to them. Mm. Although you're a group of people have very similar faiths, within that group of people, everyone's will be slightly different. Mm-hmm. So you ha- you make it what you want of it. Because if you do, if you make your faith how someone else lives theirs, it's not you're not you're going to move away. It's not going to agree with you, and it's just I think you're just going to forget it altogether because it's not your own personal journey or opinion or how you want to live your life. So I think everyone then. You agree on some aspects, um, and then I think you make it your own to, to maintain your own faith and belief. Um, and that's what I have. I think, um, you know, I do pray as a, as when I need to, um, especially this year, I've had some ill uh, grandparents, and I think that's really brought me closer to it. Yeah. Um, and then again, you know, maybe in like next year, where I don't have any, you know, issues of ill grandparents and things like that, I might not pray as much, but I think it's just up and down and being away from home, I think has brought me a little bit closer to it because I am away from home and it's a much, it's a big comfort to me um, knowing that my family are like praying and then I might pray and Mm. there's just that like connection to them, I think, I guess. Um, But I think everyone, everyone, when you say, am I religious? I think everyone's answer is going to be very different. It's like a scale, isn't it? Yeah, I guess, I mean... It's, it's hard, it's a, diff, it's a very difficult question because you could say you're religious but then you only agree with like some values yeah. or, and then you can say I'm religious but I don't agree with this, this, this and this. But you don't really have, really have to say that, you can just be like yeah, I am and you know, I believe in being a good person. My question then is then what's the point of religion if you didn't take the bits out of it? Then I think it is the, the community aspect mm, then, you're bringing yeah. that in and so it everyone goes, has goes, common... So it goes back to those like values and yeah, I think the, the values go with every religion. Yeah. So then it's not, then you could just be a good person. You don't have to be religious to be a good person, do you? Yeah. Um, but then I think it's, you know, the, that's been passed down to you or the commu- community. I mean, <laughs> is, we say, we, is this podcast about community or about religion? Yeah. Um, so I think that's a big like, trend with it all. And there's, lo- there's loads of similarities with all religions. Yeah. And I think actually... Um, the more and more I move towards whether I, I feel like I am religious or more towards being an atheist or not, is like you start to, when you look at it from a, an atheist point of view, is that they actually see all of them. And you might as well, you know, like when you get a, uh, like a spec sheet for like a mobile phones or whatever and you have all the different ones, well, they all tick loads of the same things. Unfortunately, we we always like pit them up against each other. No, but then but then on the other hand, the differences are big. Yeah, the difference. Not you're, you're talking about the values and morals. Yeah, they're very very similar, but the the foundation of the religion is very different. And yeah. that, then, then that 
that changes the whole thing. But which, you know, in the point that Aoife made was was a lot about like those morals and, and the values and yeah, those yeah. types of things yeah. that that's why you're often a part of it. And you know, and that that for me is is why I enjoyed. I went to a, a Catholic high school, and that's probably why I, I moved towards going to a faith school that we're at now. Um, and I like that aspect of it. I like the aspect of, um, you know, a Catholic school or a faith school. And I've had conversations with friends that have um, gone to non-faith schools and, and, and some who haven't, some who have gone to really expensive private schools. And they've, they've looked at Catholic schools as in, oh, actually, I want my son or daughter to go there. And then, you know, I just think it's those types of values is is driven into those faith schools and that's kind of what you want yeah i'd say like similar to coming here this school mm. that we're at now is a catholic school catholic isn't it christian they're like christian brothers christian. aren't they um but like even then like the values that they share as a school or we share as a school doesn't contradict my faith at all like yeah but they've done it that way i know it's a bit different the content yes but then the content is very separate it's a separate you like i don't have to attend that i don't have to be involved in that but the values that they put across is the same yeah as the values that i i grew up with so how about you joe what do you do you class yourself with religious now um it, i i don't know i i like i liked Eva's point of view there on it and i liked how she explained it i'm probably on the opposite scale at the minute of like whether I deem myself as religious. I remember, you know, people have asked me before, like, are you religious? And I think even when we applied at this school, and a lot often when you apply for jobs, you put down your religion. Hmm. Um, and I, obviously I would always put myself down as being Catholic because I've grown up as being Catholic and I've been baptised and you can't, you don't just like take that away. You know, it's not you know, you can maybe move away from it at times. But I think my parents would be really, not not sad, but like, they would be, you know, um, it'd feel like a waste. But then if you were baptised, you're baptised under your parents' control, right? So, I mean... It's, yeah. a, it's a confirmation. I know, I know what it yeah. is, but it's still a lot yeah. of parent control in that, isn't there? So, well, back, if you then decided yes. that you weren't religious later, the baptism doesn't yeah. really well, count, no. does it? Baptism, yes. First communion, I feel like, you know, I could have. My yeah. parents never forced me. I know, I know. So, like, first communion when I'm like, you know, uh, But your whole 12. class is doing it at school. It's an expectation, oh, isn't it? It's an expectation, yeah. And then yeah. confirmation, like, that was when you were 15, 16, yeah. and that was It was meant to be the choice, that's why yeah. you do it older, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I would, I would say I'm not very religious at the minute or anymore. Whether that continues or not, I'm not too sure, but... Um, I think that's that's part of like a journey that people could go on, or, or whether I deem it more important later in life. Mm-hmm. So I reckon we've got uh, a lot more in ether. I'm like way down the scale. You're always on some sort of scale, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And I'm obviously at the top of the scale. He's and always, you're at the bottom. Like he's always on sitting on. He's got splinters everywhere. I'm like ten 90, out of ten. Ninety percent on the up. You know. I'm 10. Um, I would say I've always, I've always been religious. I've never like disagreed with religion or disagreed with God. But yeah, I have same. felt when I was like 15, 16, it got in the way. So I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to do the things that I wanted to do, but I couldn't do it because religion 
technically it would have stopped me from doing it. Um, and I think that's where people who decide to stay in that area where I'm from kind of want that because it takes the distractions away. So that's one of the things is that I've always believed from a young age that um, there's, I can balance both. I can balance religion and I can balance, balance a modern, modern life. Mm. And I would say I've never succeeded at that up until past two, three years. I think I've, I'm definitely balancing it right now. Where other people want the religious side and then completely take the modern modern life away, so they kind of disconnect from society. That's what I generally it's not, not it's not fair saying everyone, but mm-hmm. some people do in the area that I live in, and that's because if they take those distractions away, their goal is to get to heaven. So mm-hmm. if they take those distractions away, everything that they're doing is right and doing it for God, and it gets them to heaven, doesn't it? But then I also have the view that well, I'm I'm alive on this earth, I might have made the most of it as well, you know. So as long yeah. as it doesn't conflict, and it doesn't. But there are distractions, there are challenges, you know, and that's just where, that's where, that's just life in it, really. Religion, same, same with what you said, um, that is an individual thing, but I do think that religion is what it is, so you should follow it for what it is. I don't think you take bits out of it. But again, I also think that whatever religious individual, it should never be shoved into someone else's face. Like, I don't think my religious beliefs should affect you in any way, um, like even for example, I pray in school. It doesn't affect you in any way that I just go for five ten minutes to pray. Even if I even if I got a meeting, I'll just say I'll just be five ten minutes late and it's done. Mm. It's like my beliefs shouldn't affect our friendships. That sort of thing. You can have your opinion uh, with anything, what you ever you think, and we can still mm-hmm. be friends and stuff. But I know some people that wouldn't work. You know, it's like if you don't believe the same thing that I do, then does, does that's this, where the closed mind does that work in the sense where you could pick and choose some aspects of it. Because I feel like with being Catholic, like people can go to church on a Sunday and then that's it. No, but you can't. Yeah. Any individual can do that. Yeah. Any individual can do that, right? But that's that's not your religion then, is it? It's not a full yeah. religion. Religion is what it is, fully written down, and then you take bits out of it. It's your version of that religion. It's not necessarily the religion that is at the start. But for me, making my own version of my... Yeah, but that, religion works. That works for you. That's what I'm saying to you. So, yeah. like, even if even like this example, I disagree with what you said, but that doesn't affect us. Uh, that's your religion, and yeah. that's my religion, and, and that's just how it is. You know, it doesn't affect. It doesn't affect us in, in, in any way. That's what I'm saying. Like, whatever you decide, at least, like you could say, at least you doing bits of it is better than not doing any of it. Yeah. 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 So there's so there's an argument there, and to, and at the end of the day. How are we gonna know until like <laughs> How we until, know? Uh, until we until there's a day of resurrection if that's what's gonna happen and the day of judgment and that's the one you're gonna really know if you believe in it, right? So that's the whole and point. And Joe's like, yeah, there's not gonna be one of those. <laughs> he's, yeah. like, he's still on a <laughs> he's still on a scale then at that point. <laughs> but um, for me, like I would say, um, I don't know. Like I always kind of thought that at some point I am gonna be religious. I always kind of plan for that to happen, but I also plan to have my fun before it. Like, yeah, do what I need to do, but then obviously that, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not. But it goes in waves. That's not a religious point of view, but I mean, um, I've always the fact that I've always came back home, uh, and my friends are religious, and my family's really religious. So when I am back home, I'll go and visit the mosque, and I'll be around them. So there's always been that connection there. Um, and I think, like now, like like with fitness and in health, I just try to build it up. So like, I started with praying uh, here quite easy actually with the timers, and then I started praying like five times, and then I started to build other things into mm-hmm. my religion and just 
just get a little bit stronger. So right now, I'm just trying to educate myself a little bit more around the religion, like some of the topics that I don't really know. Like if you were to ask me a question about something, I don't know all the answers. So that is just trying to educate yourself. And that's what's good about now is that most of the scholars who do speak, a lot of it's on YouTube and stuff, they're like being educated at degree and masters and PhD levels. So like the way they do their conversation with evidence and logical explanation, yeah. so much better to when, when we were growing up because it was just like, this is what it is. Don't you dare question anything. If you question anything, that's sinful. You know, that's, yeah. that's just how it felt from a young age. Even though I never asked it because you were just so scared of asking it. But yeah. like now you can ask any question. Oh, I've got this doubt, I've got that doubt. And then it, it'll explain to you. And then I think there's, there's parts of the religion where they... So like I've, I've read now two-thirds of the Quran in English. But the, the thing with reading Quran in English, and I'm sure it's the same in the Bible, is like the English is a little bit old in it. It's not like it's not the English that we speak. So... The good thing about now is like there's a little text to explain a certain certain point or a certain a certain verse, and then put things into context. Context is massive because yeah. in the Quran, honestly, anything can be taken out of context, right? And the same. With, and I think yeah. same with any religious. Uh, so text. you need yeah. to understand, like you need to understand when it was sent down, who it was sent down to, why it was sent down. Like the 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 whole situation of there and then makes the whole verse completely different. So. That's what's better now is that that is becoming more and more apparent. Um, so yeah, that that's something that I'm looking into. And then I would also say um, one thing that I would say for people who I, I feel when they give religion a hard time because they judge religion by its people. And I and I know that yes, massively. And I know that religion there's good people, right? Okay. So I could say a, a religious Christian person, a religious Muslim person, a religious uh, a Jew, for example, they're good people. Like the belief, yeah, that's a separate thing. But as people, they're good people. But in every religion, as in people anywhere, even if you're not religion, they're bad people. And I think that's where religion gets tied down to. Oh, oh no, I'm not believing in religion because all the priests do this. Oh, I'm not believing yeah. in Islam because they just behead everyone. But you got to understand this. You got to do more research into it. Don't just make a statement like that without looking into it. There's all this polit- politics. There's loads of politics involved. In and, and and there's not many if you think about how um, politics have come over history and that's another thing you need to look at is they've brought people together f- through religion but tied it in with politics that's always been their agenda so I think if you look re- if you look at religion at, by itself without the people that's when you can really see what it is but a lot of people don't um, yeah so and and I think one more thing is that um, I feel that people too easily say that I do believe in God or I believe in something, or I do believe in something, but then they're scared of looking into it a little bit deeper. I don't know. I just I, That's from the conversations that I have. That's what I feel like. It's like I believe in something, um, but they don't want to delve into it a little bit deeper. I don't know why. Maybe it's the fear or maybe it might have to change their life or something. But Maybe it's like I know people are unspiritual. I believe there's something there. But then I guess they don't want to tie themselves into if they put a name to it, mm. then they then they, you know, either I am then that type of group or I am that religion. Mm. So if they don't say it, then they don't have to be connected to one of them, I guess. Yeah. So then then they're like stepping away from it. So you're not not tarnished or anything, but like you're not given a label as to what you are. So then yeah. they're like, yeah, I am. I know that there's a higher power, but, you know, that's it. And then when you give yourself a label, then you've got a set of rules and rituals yeah, exactly, and things yeah. to follow. That's what I mean. So.
All right, well then, you, Joe, you were asking a question before you interrupted me before. The big one. Would, yeah, would you bring your children up religious? Um, I two, would. Two girls. Yeah, two girls, so interesting. I, I, as a Muslim, I'm expected to bring them up religious. As a father, I would want them to be religious, but it won't be forced. But it will be guided up to a certain point. Mm -hmm. So that's my duty, for example. Um, but if... If I brought them up the same way I was brought up, I think many people would step away from religion. Mm -hmm. I would. I think it'd be very similar. They just pick and choose and do bits and bits and bats. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to me. Like the reason why I put it to one side is because I resented it at one point because it was all forced. Nothing explained to me. It didn't make sense. Although I believed in religion, but um, I resented it at, at one point. And then I had to come back to it. I had to come back to it and work out myself the whys and do my research and then justify it to myself. And that's when it became important to me. So I think um, first thing is I want them to be good human beings. So that is uh, not really down down to religion. Um, but I wanted them to understand everything behind it. So... That's where I'm gonna just really step up and explain stuff stuff to them. Or even if I don't know the answers, it might have to be I have to go and research it with them. So I want them to know that as well. Like if you were to ask me a question about Islam, I probably might not know the answer, but I would then go and do some research and then let you know later on. Yeah, so more exactly. like guide them rather yeah. than tell them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and but the thing with religion is there is some parts that there's no explanations. It just is, and it that just, sometimes it, I struggle with. It but just that, is. But that's faith, because the faith is having believing in something that's out of your control, right? So if there's, like, for example, I'm sure this is across all religions, but if mm. there's an explanation for everything, then it makes it easy for everyone, right? So that's where the test, I believe everyone gets tested, so that's where the test is. Mm. But there's got to be an element of faith in there. So let's yeah. say 80% of the religion makes sense to you. The other 20%, there's no reason or explanation. Yeah, well, 80% of it works for you. That's where you need to make that jump in faith for yourself. So yeah. sometimes the it's like, part, yeah, yeah that's, where, that's where the faith is, isn't it, really? So uh, you just know that, well, God's asked me to do all of these things. I'm doing it. Uh, there's a reason for that. But then he's asked me to do these things. I don't know the reason for it, but I, I believe in God. So I know that he'll look out for me. That's, yeah. that's the logical explanation for it anyway. Um, and I think up to after a certain age, I don't know what age, it's their decision, really, isn't it? Because at yeah. the end of the day, we, we live our own lives and um, we have to go to our own graves, however sad that sounds. <laughs> um, but, the, yeah, at the end of the day, like, it, it's up to them after a certain point. So Yeah. Would you um, get them involved in, like, classes and things that you did? Not maybe, like, every day after school, but would you incorporate that into... So, I... Um, Right now, me and my sister are looking at trying to create some sort of syllabus for for our my nephews and nieces. So, like as a family, yeah. because there are we're teachers, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. So then, so now, so now we can do it differently. So, like, we create a syllabus. We're looking at something where it's going to be really easy for them to digest at a younger age, and there's like worksheets, and it's, it's more fun learning the religion rather yeah. than just being told this is what it is, black and white, and so we're looking into something like that now, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, I'd. I'd, I'd make it fit around their schedule. So, 
let's say they want to play sports in the evening, they'll go and play sports. Like it doesn't have to be on a daily basis. It can be done two, three times a week. It could be like done in the morning of a weekend. Yeah. It'll be quite flexible, you know, because they have their whole life to learn. Why does it have to be done in a certain, such a such short amount of time? Yeah. But what I do want to do is I want to teach them. I think it's such a like. But then would you, would they miss skill. out on that community thing that you were saying? But I don't think they'll have that if they live internationally anyway. Yeah, I guess so. Um, if the international thing, but if you could... I, I, would, I would say, like, yeah, there's, there's certain parts of it when there's community, like when they do, like, the groups and they go away and holidays and stuff like that, that when they do it as a community, yeah, I'll let them do that. But if I do it as a class, then the schedule becomes uh, strict, right? Yeah. It's like the classes at that time, you have to do it. So... Where's the flexibility in that? Like, all I want them to do is learn their religion, right? So if I want them to learn their religion, they can still learn it if I'm still flexible with the scheduling. Mm. So, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Flexible journey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Work around. You can still do everything and learn your religion at the same time. Yeah. Where my upbringing was the other way around. You learn mm. your religion at the fixed time and you do everything else around it. True. Me? Um, yeah, I would... Um, definitely bring my kids up as Catholics or well yeah as Catholic because that's what I am I guess um, I think one of the big reasons I know we've alluded to this before is um, Catholic schools <laughs> in the UK especially are good schools um, and knowing that I went through it myself um, and I think I've turned out all right you may you may have a different <laughs> view on that um, then I think, you know, I would want my, my kids to be involved in that as well because then you have uh, a connection, you know what they're going through and you understand their education and why things are happening. You're not completely removed from it. Um, whereas if they, I think they, they went to a state school, um, I would not necessarily understand everything that was going on. Um, and that's not something I would want, especially as a teacher. I, want, I would be involved in, you know, education. That's just naturally um, how it goes. Um, if I was maybe international, I have no idea, because there aren't really Catholic schools. Um, but I am quite far off having kids, so that's just another discussion for another time. Um, in terms of, you know, bringing them up um, within the church, like, I would definitely um, get them baptised, First Holy Communion. I mean, confirmation, um, I guess, again, it would be <clears throat> their choice, because it was my choice, and I really wanted to do it. Um, and I'm not too sure about my brother, but he, he got confirmed as well. Um, I wanted to definitely do it, and I went back to my old community um, to do it with my, the people I went to primary school with. Um, so it was a different group. I didn't know them or see them much anymore, but I want, went to go back with them because I did my first time communion with that same group, and then I got confirmed with them as well. So I didn't actually do my confirmation with my schoolmates. Um, I went back and did it with them. So um, just having that choice, I think, is important. And because I was given a bit of a freedom, maybe not as a freedom as much as someone else, but I saw it as I had freedom to choose. Mm -hmm. And I did always choose to follow that route. Um, and I think if you're told all the time to do something, you know as a kid, tidy your room, tidy your room, tidy your room. Never yeah. happened. I mean, it still actually happened when I went home this <laughs> summer. They're like, no, you're staying in your room. I was like... Oh, yeah. You know, when you're always told to something that is, you know, you're always going to rebound and say no. Um, but I think the freedom of choice is really important. But I would really hope that, much like me, they would 
my kids would then follow it and they would make their religion what they wanted of it as long as it was a comfort to them or um you know brought them happiness then mm -hmm. go for it but if it doesn't bring them happiness and it's you know something they really struggle with i wouldn't want someone my kids to always have that debate in their mind why is this and you know if it was causing them issues or like you know identity or things like that then you know just leave it pick it up when you want to or you know um interact with it as you wish but i think it's in, my parents are very um it is very important to them and i think they are I guess they wouldn't tell me that they're proud of me for being Catholic because <laughs> I just am. But I think they are. Um, they're happy proud to that know. Kept it going. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we had we had quite a lot of discussions and things this summer. Actually, uh, my dad was like, you know, it's really important to me that you get married in a church. And you know what he was saying did actually. I realised this. We align what he's saying and what I think are saying um, in a lot of things. So. I think that's that's quite comforting to know. Does Tom agree with all this? Well, <laughs> the thing is, the first time he's going to find out. On this no, he completely, fully knows. Like my dad did not hold back. Was like, yeah. oh, you're not religious, okay? Well, you're going to have to do these classes to get married to Ethan in a Catholic church. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. He's he's not really thought about it. And I think you know when it comes to it, he's going to be like, oh, part of um, the package. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be fun when it comes to it. Um, yeah, because there are some steps you have to take to get married in the church. You can't just go in and, you know, especially if the other person isn't religious. But four to six weeks, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's four intense. Four to six weeks yeah. of classes. Um, I that's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, you didn't know that. It was like you didn't, you know, Jesus didn't wear a cape. You know, things like that. <laughs> like, like the um, nativity. I had friends at uni who were like, told me the nativity. I was like, that is not what happened. I, it w that's not why you know we wrapped presents up, or that's not why you know. Yeah. And I had no idea that people didn't generally didn't know about things. Yeah. Um, so it was in the early years of our relationship. It was quite funny, like Easter. No, he had no idea really what Easter was meant. It's not just about eggs and yeah. the Easter bunny. It was you know very very different, and it's a real like religious time for um, Christians. So like that was again funny to not you know to have that conversation and then it was like wow there is big differences that I'd never experienced before because yeah. everyone around me was you had the same beliefs I guess much like you um Nash, so yeah, yeah. um yeah I think I did my answer yes, yes. <laughs> and I guess well, Tom yeah, wasted five minutes just to say well, yes I already said yes at the beginning <laughs> I wonder what Tom would have in the group but he would agree with me in schools for sure because he's a teacher so, himself, so... Yeah, you, you wear the trousers and uh, your relationship, that's what he basically say. How about you, Joe? Agree. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I think the, school, the school is a factor. Um, I think, you know, just down to, like, the morals and values. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I wonder whether religion still has the same... Um, whether it still holds the same emphasis on kids growing up now. Because I'm even just through this conversation, um, religion offers like a sense of identity. So even when we talked about identity yeah. and culture, it offers a sense of identity and it, it's another thing that makes you you. So like I am Joe and I'm Catholic. You know, so when you go to school it's like those commonalities with other people. And then it also shapes you as an individual, doesn't it, in terms of like your basic upbringing and your basic morals. I just wonder whether some of that can just still be taught 
by my through my upbringing and my understanding, and then I bring them up like that. So I'm still unsure whether I would necessarily focus it primarily on Catholicism and and go into church every Sunday and things like that. Is that another scale then? Well, yeah, we'll talk about this scale again. Scale again, sliding. <laughs> but we, I don't know. It, it, things I, I would be interested to know a little bit also related to like what what is happening in their school. How many kids are actually doing it as well? Because you mm. know, it's whether when I when I went to school, like everybody was baptized. Yeah. Whereas well, you like, had to be I to get know, in school. Yeah. Right? Whereas I don't know whether that is the same anymore. And I I know it's not the same anymore with Catholic schools. You don't have to be baptized to yeah. go to a Catholic school. It's advised, and it, it might be that you're bumped up higher on the list, but it's, you know, you don't have to. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still a little bit unsure, and yeah, I'm on that scale. I'm on that sliding that scale. Well, thanks, Aoife. Thanks uh, for enlightening us with your posh voice. <laughs> it's, it's, no, it started really posh, and then you went back to normal after about a couple of minutes, so oh, that, was, that was good. Well, yeah, thanks uh, again. It's uh, thanks. It's one of those conversations that I think even even during this conversation I didn't know a lot of the stuff about you so yeah even just having that conversation I always find religion to be a very awkward conversation I never bring it up mm. um it's never re- it's rarely ever brought up to me but there's like a lot of the times questions are asked about Islam which is fine yeah and then I have to google it <laughs> <laughs> no but I mean um I think it's it is a very awkward it's probably the most awkward conversation we've had on on the pod probably um, generally with a lot of people and it's like saying the right or wrong thing so yeah thanks thanks everyone for sharing yeah no, it's been good I think even for me even talking it through as well with different people and, and different religions it, it I don't know makes you think more about it as well and uh, you know I think that's important and, uh, and I think the idea about Islam and people talking about that over Christianity is then also a whole other topic with like the media and Islamophobia and oh, yeah. you know what that does and what that is linked to and you mentioned some of that um, and we mentioned about extremists and, and how you can take things out of context so I think that's like a whole never a whole never episode as well. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much, Eva. Thank you. It's been fab. Bye bye. Like and subscribe. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for listening. If you like it, please subscribe and share it with anybody who might enjoy it. You can now email us also. Email us at youchattoomuchpodcast at gmail.com. Do get in touch with us to let us know what you think of the episode or the podcast, what you enjoyed, what you would like us to explore more on, and also some new topics we could discuss. You never know, you could be on the podcast soon.